This morning, I want to bring a lesson concerning the thought of prayer. And this title or this specific subject, if you will, this morning is, I think, is one that is needed uh, in the church across the brotherhood, but here at McCoynesville. And one might say, well, why, why is that? Well, it's because we have, we are blessed to have, let me say it that way, we have a lot of our young men who are growing into adulthood and teenage and that are now Christians who are getting up and leading in the service. We have older, younger men, as I've said, who are leading prayers publicly in our service. And it's always a good refresher for all of us to understand prayer and to know what to pray for and how to pray and the importance of prayer in our lives. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, the scripture says there for us to watch and what? Pray. We're to watch and pray. We're commanded to. Luke 18 and verse 1. Men ought to always pray. And of course, one that is very familiar to us all, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Pray without ceasing. James chapter 5 and verse 13, pray for the sick. In verse 16 of that same chapter, pray ye one for another. Confess your faults one to another. Pray ye for one for another. So we have scripture throughout the Bible, God's word, that it puts a very important and a very special importance upon prayer in one's life, in a Christian's life. And it's something that I think that we need to be able to study and to be refreshed on and to be taught. When men are asked to pray publicly, sometimes they're very nervous. And do sometimes they really don't remember. I can remember when I first started praying and years ago when I was just a young boy. And I can remember being so nervous of having to stand before a crowd and pray. And I can remember that that nervousness didn't subside even when I got into my teens and my 20s. I was still nervous. I would even do things as write little notes on little pieces of paper to give me starter points in my prayer to know that I was able to pray. And sometimes when I was, when I was younger, a lot of times our, our, when I was, uh, our elders seemed fit, they allowed us young men to pray. And a lot of times it was in a class or a lot of times it was a closing prayer and that's something that I felt comfortable with at that time was closing prayer. And then I had to challenge myself to say, well, I, I need to learn how to pray at the Lord's Supper table. 
I need to learn how to pray in an opening prayer and leading our, our congregation and the people that are in our congregation in a public prayer. But again, I was still nervous. And sometimes I felt myself being so nervous that I would forget what I was going to say or I really didn't remember or know what to pray for. And a lot of times it resulted in a very short prayer, like 10 seconds, <laughs> because I was so nervous. And I really was not meeting the challenge of what needed to be prayed for at that very time. And I understood that. And I knew that I needed work on that. And I knew that I needed work on personal prayer, my own prayer life away from church to know what to pray for and to how to pray. You see, we need to be taught and we need to be schooled and trained in the things for which we should pray. Now one says, well, now, preacher, it's all about what's in the heart. You're exactly right. What is in a man's heart? But if what is in our heart is what the formula that God has put together, the things will be there, won't they? So in this lesson, I want us to look primarily at what is stated in the New Testament as to what we should be praying about. Now, there are limitations upon our prayers. Some say, well, what do you mean limitations? In our prayers and what we say, whether publicly or privately, needs to be in harmony with God's will not to glorify our own lust, but in accordance with God's will. Now I want you to notice in our, our passage uh, this morning, we should pray that God's will be done. Now that's the first thing. We've got several points with this lesson. I don't know that I will finish it today. We may carry it into next Sunday. But we should pray that God's will be done. And a lot of times I'm afraid that as we pray in God's will be done or trying to, to bring up what we need to pray, that sometimes we get into a habit. Sometimes we get into certain phrases that we're going to use in our prayer, and most certainly those phrases, if they're biblical and God's will, we can use those. But in our scripture today, we're going to see and we're going to talk about vain repetition, aren't we? But I want us to understand that our formula should be from God, and it's okay to listen to other people how they pray. And to put those things into our own prayers, especially good, godly men. But we need to make sure that we're not in those vain repetitions that we're going to talk about later on. Now notice in our passage, it says, And when thou prayest, 
But when thou prayest in verse 6 and verse 5 and verse 7, but when you pray, you see, we have several references there to that it's not an option. It's not an option to pray. We have a responsibility as a Christian to pray. Go back to 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Now that doesn't mean that we pray continuously 24 hours a day. But now I'm going to be honest with you. Me personally, I find myself in prayer several times a day. Prayer is our, is our way of communicating with God putting ourselves in communication with God. You know, as I think about technology and the new way now <coughs> of communicating, what do we do? We text, don't we? You know, I think we would be really, and you may do this, I don't know, but we'd be really uh, surprised at how many texts that we send in a day or a week. And we communicate, don't we? We communicate with each other. Our families, we have special groups, don't we? We have special groups on our phone that they have a family group. I know we do. We have a family group and, and all of us put something. We want to tell everybody something. We, we take and text it and we put it out there, the whole uh, family. Because we want them to know. We need to be good communicators in our prayers. Now, one says, well, God knows everything that we need. You're exactly right. He knows before we even what? Before we even ask. But see, the question is, or the, the, the thing is, is we have to ask. So you look there in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. You're going to come through all of that. When our prayers, they talk about praying in secret and those things and not being in the streets and, and to be seen of men and, and those types of things and not using vain repetition and, and those, those types of things as well. And we've got to understand, too, that our Lord is teaching his disciples here how to pray. And in verse 10, he goes on, he says there, to, to thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Not our will, but his. We need to pray for the betterment of the Lord's church to be pure. We need to understand those things and, and, and his will be done in those things. When you go to Matthew 26 and verse 42, we find our Lord in a desperate situation, don't we? In the garden of Gethsemane, when he says he goes the second time to pray, he talks about that this cup passed from me, but what? Thy will be done. You see, we need to pray that way. In our life and all the difficulties that we have, and all the things that we, we, we pray for, the things that we need or think we need sometimes, we need to pray, Lord, your will be done, not mine. Why is that? Because we're guilty sometimes of praying for our own lustful things, aren't we? We won't say, Lord, make me a better basketball player. 
Make me a better whatever the case may be. Make me this and, and give me this and give me that. And it's okay to ask the Lord's help for those things. But we need to make sure that we add in there, Lord, thy will be done, because it may not be that the Lord wants you to be the best basketball player there is. He may have plans for you other than that. And we need to be aware of those things. Thy will be done. John 4 and 34, we find our Lord again in that same situation where he's deeply distressed and full of sorrow. And he, and he says, if there's any other way, Lord, let this cup pass from me. See, we should pray that God's will be done. For again, what should we pray for? How should we pray? We're no, all the necessities we pray in the end, we ask that all this be in, in Christ's name. We end our prayers that way. You know, we, we all have our, our own ways of starting prayers, don't we? We, have, we, we get into, a, 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 I say sometimes a rut, but a pattern, and this is how we start every prayer, whether it be here, home, or whatever the case may be. I believe that it's good for us to change those things up. Find another way to intro. Have you ever been in the, you know, I know you have, and I have as well through the years in the Lord's church, that you could pretty much say exactly what someone's going to pray. Every time they're going to say the same thing. And I think that's because what we become, we become, um, complacent or we become natural or we know we've got that memorized and we're not going to mess that up. <laughs> but you know, we need to be aware of those things. When we pray and our men and our young men are praying publicly, and again, this lesson is not being critical of any one person or any, or any group or whatever the case may be, but I think we can always look to do better, can't we? I can I work on, on my, myself as well in my praying. Back in July when we were at church camp, Brother uh, Edward and I was having a, a discussion about our prayers that we're hearing throughout the brotherhood and, and how those things, how, what we're hearing and what we're not hearing and, and those types of things, and we were talking about how lessons, some lessons need to be brought on prayer, uh, especially with our young men. And one thing that we're seeing a, a lot, and he and I both agreed on this, one thing that we're seeing across the brotherhood is men who are leading public prayer are, are getting away from the, the pronoun of we and using I. I pray this. Well, when a young man or a man is leading in public prayer, what are we doing? We are leading this congregation in prayer. And we need to be, you know, someone says, well, that's just a minute thing. We knew what they meant. Well, if that went on what meant, let's take and fix it and, and put it where it needs to be. Let's pray how we need it. Let's lead the congregation. And you have a responsibility as any man is up here praying. 
We have the responsibility sitting out there to follow along because he's saying we are praying and you may be adding things along as you pray with him in your prayer as well. So I think that we need to look at these things. Thy will be done. Think about the repetition. And our wordings of the prayer. And how we're saying things. And realize what we're doing. Young men, you're leading this congregation when you're praying. You're not just getting up here and saying a prayer yourself. You are leading this congregation. And I don't care how old we are. We're all leading the congregation. But number two... We should pray for the daily necessities of life. And it's okay for us to say, Lord, thank you for these things. It's okay for us to say, we're very thankful for this. But there are different types of prayers that we need to be aware of. Those of us who go to camp, you'll, you'll recognize this when I say this. When our director, Brother Edward, says when we're about to eat in, in our uh, meal, he'll say, so-and-so lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. There's different prayers, aren't there? There's prayers of thanksgiving. There's prayers of repentance. There's prayers uh, of, of things that uh, please help this sick person. Uh, there's all types of different prayers. And one says, well, uh, what about an opening prayer? Well, the uh, opening prayer really is all a common combination of all of those things put into one prayer because we're meeting the needs of everybody who is praying with us. But we should pray for the daily necessities of life. Thank you for the nutrition. But our prayers should not be overran with certain things. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We need, to be, uh, we need to be coherent of those things that we're saying. And again, this is not a critical lesson, so don't take that that way. But I think that we can work on things. We should be willing to work on things, to make ourselves and make our prayers better than what they are. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11, he says, Give us this day our daily bread. Our Lord says, this is what you need to ask for. You know, I think about the manna in the wilderness. You know, you, you take and uh, you remember the people as they were going through the wilderness. They were being blessed every day. And you take and you go on over uh, in uh, Matthew 6 and 11, and in chapter 6, the same chapter, in verses 24 through 34. Notice what it says here. No man can serve two masters, for, neither, uh, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the, the other. But notice right here. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life, what you uh, eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for or your body. But what you shall put on is not the life more than meat or food, and the body than raiment. You see, we should pray for the daily necessities, the nutrition, our health to work. And these are all things that can be embodied inside our prayers as we pray especially when we pray publicly to the congregation or leading a group of people. 
the necessities. But we must ask for it. We must ask for those things as, as again, you know, uh, God knows what we need before we even ask, doesn't he? But we have the responsibility to ask. And you go back to that word manna that was fed to those people in the wilderness, even to us today. Every day, I guarantee you, every one of our homes are full of food. I know mine is. My pantry, I bought me some Fig Newtons the other night. Boy, I love Fig Newtons. My wife hates them. But I love them. About half of them gone already. Fig Newtons. Other night when I was in the grocery store, man, there was everywhere I turned there was Oreos. Every aisle I was on. But my pantry was is full of those things. Why am I my pantry full? Why is my shelves full? Because I prayed to God and I've asked God to provide those things. You see, sometimes we take for granted the food we have in our homes, don't we? You know, we've seen that in the recent days and months, hadn't we? About because there's been a shortage of certain things. We can't get them here. They can't find enough people to get them off the boats out in the, the Atlantic or Pacific or whatever and, and to get them into the, the trucks and to get them across America to the stores. I've been trying to get my cough drops for months now. And I can't find my cough drops. They ain't on the shelves. My coffee creamer that I used, I bought three of them the other night at Walmart because they finally had them. You know what I'm talking about. But we take sometimes these things for granted that God has given us the ability and the health to work to be able to provide for ourselves. But we could live in a country to where we often hear from our missionaries as well, if you'll take and give $15 or $10 or $15, this will provide food for a widow for, I think what I say, a month? Really? You see, we take for granted those things, those necessities of life. And we should pray for them. But what about that word mammon in 24 and 34? Sometimes that mammon, we could say, is our wealth, our money, our property. And you know, there's a strict warning right there, isn't there? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. You see, mammon encourages us to collect material things. And we know we all got things, don't we? Yeah. We're a very blessed people in the country in which we live and in the county and the place in which we live. Very blessed. God has blessed me richly with material things. And we need to be careful how we use those things and be good stewards of them because God's given them to you for a reason. A good rule of thumb is to ask yourself, how can I use my things to the glory of God? Think about that. The things that I have, 
How can I use my things, my material things that God has blessed me with to the glory of God? How can I use my phone? How can I use my internet? How can I use my boat? How can I use my gun? How can I use this? And you say, well, that's stretching. Well, you, sometimes you have to be creative. But you can use it to the glory of God. Thirdly, this morning, <clears throat> we should pray in our prayers that God's will be done, number one, the necessities of life, and we should pray for forgiveness of our sins. Now, this is the name three this morning, and we're going to carry this into the next week. But we need to be, look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive, or also have forgiven, one version puts, our debtors. Those who have sinned against me. Those who have wronged me. You know, that's something that's not easy to do because I have lived that. We should pray for forgiveness of sin. Forgive our debts. Colossians 1 and verse 13. It's asked there to be delivered from darkness to the kingdom. We should ask for forgiveness. Often when men stand here and pray publicly, they use that in their prayer. Father, forgive us. We're weak and we're frail and we're sinful people. Father, forgive us. And that needs to be in our prayers. Because we are sinful people. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 22, we see the situation there with Simon the sorcerer. And he asked Paul, and he says, we pray for me. That these sins might be forgiven to me where he was, he was wanting the power that they had and was willing to pay money for it. To be able to regain his popularity with the people, if you remember. Praying for forgiveness of sins. 1 John chapter 1 is a very, very good passage for us to look at this morning. And in 1 John chapter 1, in verse 7 through 10, you're very familiar with this passage, but it brings the light to some of the things that we're talking about. In 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 7, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Watch it in verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful 
and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. You see, there's a great warning there because a lot of people are hard-pressed not to be able to admit that they have sinned. And they deceive themselves. I've not sinned or I don't need, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just fine. You see, the blood of Christ cleanseth us. The blood of Christ puts us in the body through the baptism into the body of Christ as was preached last week uh, by Brother Gossett. You see, we need to understand the importance of these things. We've just touched three things this morning. But very three very important things. We should pray that God's will should be done. We should pray for the necessities of life. And we should always ask for forgiveness of sins in our prayer, our personal prayers, and in our public prayers. You know, we need to understand that we don't need to ask, too, to be forgiven if we can't forgive. Think about that. You see, when we say these words, they're more, young men, there's more, it's mere than just saying them. You gotta mean them, you gotta live by them. If you say, Lord, thank you for the necessities of our life and the, the food we have and the air we breathe and the water, when's the last time you've prayed in your prayers, God, thank you for my air that I breathe? Thank you for the water we have to drink the clean water we have to drink. You see, those things we take for granted. I thank God often for my bed. I love my bed. My bed loves me. But you know, there are people who don't have a bed. And I'm thankful that I have a bed. I'm thankful that I have a warm home. A lot, everything, this is an important principle that we teach our children and we remember ourselves that everything we have comes from God. Not one thing that you have came from your own way, your own ability. Everything you have. And we need to use prayer in our private lives in our, and as we lead this congregation. Pray for these things. Maybe this morning you need forgiveness of your sin. Maybe you need to be forgiven. Maybe you have sinned and fallen away. We know the Lord can't even look at sin. You know, ask yourselves, are your prayers being heard? There's limitations on prayers, aren't there? Yeah. We've got to ask ourselves, are they being heard? You see, God, if you're not in the right relationship with God, God can't even look at sin. He can't even be a part of it. 
This morning, maybe you need to be forgiven. Have you been forgiven? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins and added to the Lord's church? We had a great lesson last week upon that, what baptism is and what's not. Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins and added to the one body, the church that we read about in the New Testament? You see, that's the question. You see, it's not about, it's not about who's right and who's wrong and this religion, in one sense it is, in one sense it's not. But you only find one religion in this book. One religion. Everything else is a break off from here because I don't agree with what's in here. I don't think that you have to be baptized to be saved. I don't think you have to not use instrumental music. There, there's a lot of things, and that's not, well, it is salvational as we worship God, but it's not part of the plan of salvation. But those different things make you different from the world. Have you been baptized the Bible way? Are you a Christian? Do you serve faithfully? If you can't answer yes to those things, you're in need of repentance. Let us be a more praying people in the coming week. Let us pray, ask for God the right way. Help us to be able to communicate with God. Use the most powerful tool we have is prayer. This morning, whatever your need may be, please come. Together we stand as we